0: Hello. This is the delayed third episode in a second series of podcasts in which Australian Communists, all born after World War II, talk about why they joined the Communist Party of Australia, the CPA, their experiences as Communists, and what they're up to now. I'm Stephen Ricks, one of those Communists and I was born in 1957. Episode 2 included the voices of 8 of those 23, and there are another 8 voices in this episode. The particular question people were responding to in Episodes 2 and 3 was whether there was anything in their background which encouraged them to join the Communist Party. Christine Alsop was born in Sydney in 1955 and joined the party around the end of 1975. As we hear, there was little in her family background which encouraged her to join the CPA and it was being engaged in protest movements and meeting communists at university which led to her joining.
1: No, not at all. Other than, you know, Maybe, you know, once I met people in the Communist Party, you could say, well, I was working class, but it's not enough. You know, um, my family in general didn't talk about politics. And only, you know, briefly, um, my parents sort of revealed that um, they voted Labour and working people would always vote Labour. But otherwise, um, that was it in terms of my family. Um, so in terms of my background, no, but during high school, I, I was, um, quite interested and aware of environmental issues. And then at the start of university, I don't know, I think a lot of things, um, were going on at the same time. And I'm not sure how much of it was. Some of it was during that first year, you know, going, um, through, through a housemate finding out about um, a small protest against demolition in um, Piemont Uh, and um, being very shocked seeing this person who I didn't know, Wendy Bacon, throwing herself in front of um, road-moving equipment. You know, that kind of thing is um, very politicising. Either you're just shocked and walk away or it can be part of your politicisation, I guess. Mm. But it, it was not an isolated thing. I I don't remember at what stage, sometime during that first year, some perhaps a bit through my housemates, but they were they were random. That in that house, it was like a boarding house. That was quite um um random that I meet those people. Yeah. You know, an anarchist and a couple of working class boys who were very left wing. <clears throat> Young men. Um, But by, so during that second half of first year uni by second year uni, that's 1975. As you know, there was an awful lot of things going on then. The Vietnam War ended um, with liberation of Saigon. East Timor was invaded by Indonesia. Uh, There was the dismissal of Whitlam. But somewhere... Early in that year, sometime, and I think it was early in that year, I became involved with the Sydney University Communist Group. Somebody else might have mentioned that to you. I don't know if you've spoken to anybody else who was. And I don't, and this is one of the things that made me hesitate about talking to you. I don't remember how and why I joined that, that joining the Sydney Union Communist Group was crucial to joining the party.
0: Greg Joles was born at Lake Carjellico in 1951, but grew up in Morissette near Newcastle, the New South Wales one. Both his parents were members of the party, and he first joined the Eureka Youth League before joining the party in 1975. How important the Vietnam War experience was for this generation of communists becomes clear in Greg's recollections.
2: Uh, yeah, well, my, both my parents were in the party. Um, my dad was one of those servicemen who uh, went, went overseas in World War II. I, I think, you know, both my, my grandparents were sort of, you know, politically left-wing but not particularly uh, involved in things. And so he, he came from that sort of, you know, general background. But I think his experience overseas in the armed forces where he did meet other communists in the armed forces and thought about international issues and saw a bigger world and stuff made him start to think things. I honestly don't know exactly when he joined, but he joined, I suspect, when he came back and entered, you know, retraining that was offered to service people after World War II. Um, And he went to Sydney University, dropped out there and went to Teachers College and became a teacher. But... Those years was when, you know, he talks about most of the people he knew in the party, that's when he met them. So I think that's probably when he decided to join. And he was active since then. And I guess my mum became active partly when they met up and got married. Um, And at different times, they were both members of the Sydney, of the Newcastle District Committee. Um, And as a young kid, I didn't really understand it. Sometimes it was a bit of an embarrassment because people have told me my dad was a comma and I didn't really know what that was. Um, but more broadly, I guess I I did, you know, thinking back, obviously I picked up a lot of their values. I met lots of other communists who I just, you know, as a kid, just met as friends, you know, uncles and aunties, so to speak. And they had kids that were friends of mine that used to drop around and that sort of stuff. I went on um. Probably when I was about eight or nine years old, I went on a you know junior Eureka League camp down on the south coast and had a good time, um, but didn't really understand what was happening much. Um, yeah, so that was it. And then I, I guess my first conscious political action was when I was at high school, and I in '67, I guess it was, when Lyndon Johnson came out here. I they very generously offered free train travel for school kids so that they could go and wave their Australian flags and cheer for Lyndon Johnson. So we took advantage of it to organise a little group from our high school. I was in Year 11 then, so we have been 16. And we all made some banners and jumped on the train for Morrissette. And yeah, mums and dads came down as well, and we all went down and yelled at Lyndon Johnson and called for an end to the war and all of that sort of stuff. And, yeah, uh, yeah and so... I guess, I guess after that, you know, I sort of went from high school to uni and stuff, so I had that in- engagement. And, again, none of it was very conscious. It was just more, it was sort of, you know, as a young guy, it seemed like an exciting thing to do.
0: <laughs> Brenda Love was born in Perth in 1961 and joined the party around 1980. Though her father knew communists... This had little or no impact on her decision to join the party.
2: I've thought about this and
1: I'd have to say no objectively, no. I guess, you know, my father, I learned, was a member of the executive of the teachers' union Um, and he actually knew a couple of um, uh, members of the the party. We we all worked out, which was amusing. Um, But I guess... I think that it's probably more about the sort of person you are. I didn't really care very much about what people thought of me. (laughs) You know, I was was always fairly independent. Um, um, Yeah, so I think that probably is, in my background, what might have, but objectively in terms of my circumstances or knowing members of the Communist Party or coming from a country where, where, you know, communism
0: was more accepted, uh, no, no, none of that. Don Sutherland was born in Adelaide in 1949 and joined the party in 1974. Don attributes his attraction to communist values, not necessarily the party as such, to the values expressed by his parents, early exposure as an Anglo-Celtic Australian to the tragedy of First Nations experiences and wide reading.
3: Well, I've often thought about this, and I think that um, uh, my parents were both um, products of the Depression and, of course, the Second World War that came out of that. And both uh, were um, came from low-income families. My mother in particular came out of a Cornish mining family. Then they lived in the west end of Adelaide. Uh, very working class in a working class home, picket small picket fence, and so on. And they had a particularly rough time, but um, in my mother's telling, a very happy time in uh, uh, in that working class community in the West End of Adelaide. And my mother, in particular, uh, my dad influenced me in various ways, but my mum, in particular, would often talk about the importance of uh, honesty, honesty, and being truthful, and Um, about all things. And she didn't mean that just in terms of, you know, a circumstance where you should tell the truth for some reason or another, but sometimes it went a bit further than that. And I recall, particularly in her last few years, she would often talk about, uh, you know, what the decisions I'd made in my life. And she said, well, that was your way of being um, truthful to yourself. Uh, And I think, um, therefore, That that was one factor in sort of, you know, wanting to explore the communist, small-c communist idea. Mm. The the second thing was that um, uh, I was fortunate enough in the latter part of primary school to become really close friends with two Aboriginal kids, and we we were real buddies, real mates. And um, they... I didn't. No one understood it at the time in my circle, anyway, that they were stolen generation kids. But they were in an Aboriginal home, living not far from our primary school in Black Forest, and we became really close to kids. And they were they were just you know come and go in our house in a very normal, relaxed, non-racist sort of a way, and it, it was just natural. And it, be, it became a big deal for me as I learned more and more about. What they were, you know, the tragedy in their lives, I guess. Uh, those two boys, and uh, and then I think the other thing was um, that uh, my father, in particular, was an avid reader, and um, and some of it was more serious reading, and he passed that on to me, and I, you know, that is a very big deal, I think, still today, and uh, has been, you know, that just reading everything from newspapers to uh, longer articles and, you know, what later became academic tracks and stuff like but also, of course, books and magazines and so on. And, so I think they were the sort of things that were sort of there in my upbringing, yeah.
0: Peter Summers was born in England in 1960, moved to Australia in 1973 and joined the CPA in 1979. Peter's father had joined the CPGB in England, probably influenced by the Nazi invasion of the Soviet Union. The murder of dozens of family members, maternal and paternal, in continental Europe, instilled a deep anti-racism in his entire family.
4: Um, There were probably two factors that were lurking somewhere in the back of my mind. Um, The first was the knowledge that my father, who was also born in England and lived, as was my mother, and they both lived in the UK during World War II. uh, But in my father's case, he had joined the Communist Party of Great Britain uh, sometime after um, uh, or during perhaps World War II uh, when the Russians joined or the Soviets joined the Western Alliance. Uh, after the uh, Soviet-Nazi pact had ended. So that was the first thing. The second thing was uh, my parents were Jewish. Uh, they attempted to raise me in that tradition and, and succeeded until I was 13 years of, uh, of age and made a decisive break, which coincided with our emigration as a family from England to Australia. Uh, but their uh, deep commitment to Judaism and the loss of dozens of family members on both sides, my mother's and family's father, uh, 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 families who lived respectively in Holland and Poland, um, had imbued in them and in turn in me uh, a loathing of racism. Hmm. Uh, and both of those factors, I think, came over time to uh, be relevant things in my mind that led me in the path of the Communist Party.
0: Penny Sara was born in Biloela in Queensland in 1951 and joined the party in 1978. Her father was a Bjelke-Peterson supporter and her mother, though from a working-class family, only started voting Labour when Penny was a teenager and listen out for a phrase in the interview which I found particularly evocative.
1: No, not really. Um, My father was conservative in his politics. He was a B.O.G. Peterson supporter. We lived in country, you know, country Queensland. Mm -hmm. And um, the only thing that I think, I mean, it's nothing direct, but my mother was from a working class family. She grew up in Rockhampton. And um, I think she just had that kind of working class sensibility about her. Uh, and that's, all, that's the only influence that I think was there, you know. Um, and she voted the same as my father did for a long, long time. And then when I was a teenager, she started voting Labor. So that's all I've got. I, I certainly wasn't one of these red nappy babies,
4: that's for sure.
0: <laughs> Abe David was born in Melbourne in 1953. He joined the party in 1974. Both his parents were progressive, his father having had first-hand experience of the British Empire in India and a maternal grandmother who had been a member of the party. This is about the only time when you will hear me speaking in an interview and I have kept it in so the context in which Abe speaks is clear.
5: Yeah, I mean my parents were both progressive people my father grew up in, in British India and had a, an intense dislike for the British Empire and the British elite. He worked as an, at one stage in his life as an Indian policeman where he saw the British up close. His job was to kill a pig and put it in a mosque and kill a cow and put it in a Hindu temple and watch stand back and watch as the British stoked massive communal violence with no no interest at all in humanity, just keeping their strategic position for massive profits. So he, I grew up with those sorts of stories from my father, uh, who was a very moral man, and my mother, she grew up as a child of the Depression, and her grandmother was actually, her mother, sorry, was for a period of a time in the Communist Party, and they saw once again they were they were Celts, Scots, and, and Welsh. They also grew up with a I grew up with their views of a an imperial. My grandfather, for instance, delighted in telling me the stories of the horror, or not delighted, but was horrified in telling me the stories of his experiences at Gallipoli, mm. where under a decadent, decayed elite. Australians were slaughtered, at, uh, as they were told, to charge an un, unpenetrable uh, ridge with no great strategic interests. And he had similar views to my father uh, about um, they've always got a smile on their face while they've got their hand in your pocket.
0: Mm. Okay. It sounds very similar to stories that I heard in South Africa where black Africans would tell me that they preferred, actually preferred the Boers to the English because the Boers would confront you head-on, whereas the English would tell you how how fabulous a chap you were and then shoot you in the back. Well, my father this summed way. it up like this. The Americans will
5: pull out a gun and shoot you, hmm. which they do very much every day as well as themselves, As you can see what they're doing in the Ukraine, they'll fight to the very last Ukrainian and destroy the place like they have everywhere else in the world that they've touched. The French will pull out a knife and stab you, but the British will give you a cup of tea, just like our dear, dear Queen, and poison you very slowly.
0: Lance Worrell was born in Adelaide in 1956 and joined the party in 1972. As we hear, his parents had been close to the CPGB during World War II and, expecting a return to depression conditions in post-war Britain, emigrated to Australia.
6: Well, I was the son of parents who'd grown up in England during the Depression and who became adults during the war. Um, they were close to but never members of the, CP, CB, sorry, the CPGB, the Communist Party of Great Britain. Uh, and they were a breed of wartime communists whose um, allegiances were staunchly the result of the decisive Soviet war effort against fascism. Um, They were quite chauvinistic about the Soviet Union and Uncle Joe, and that was something that revolted me, even though um, I believe there's no question dishonest uh, revisionist history notwithstanding that it was the war in the east and the sacrifices Mm -hmm. of the peoples of the Soviet Union that saved so many other nations from fascism. Uh, Today, of course, we have all these propagandistic non-histories of the war peddled, what it was about, uh, who was earlier courting fascism amongst the ruling classes of the allied nations at the time. Uh, what were the actual historical choices for anti-fascists? What was at stake? Who fought, who did the fighting, and who won it? Um, and some of and most of that revisionist history I find more awful than uh, even the pro-Soviet so- uh, chauvinism of my parents' generation. But with those comments, they, like others, expected a, re- a return to pre-war depression conditions when, once the war was over. London was overcrowded and squalid, so they took out £10-assisted passages to Australia.
0: You've been listening to the voices of eight Australian communists, all born after World War II. In the next episode, we'll hear others talk about whether there were early influences on their decision to join the party, and we'll also start to hear the 23 people interviewed for this podcast series speak about their attitudes to growing up during the post-war boom. This has been episode three of a second podcast series for which 23 people were interviewed between October 2021 and September 2022. Helen Randerson had the idea for interviewing post-war communists after the release of Comrades, a book made up of short bios of communists. That book was released in 2020, the centenary of the formation of the party. You can obtain that book from bookstores or the Search Foundation. Dr Mick Padden helped with the podcast Technicals. Thanks for listening and see you next time.